Yo, what is up? It's been a while. It's your boy V, and this is Talk Your Truth back at it again like we never left. I hope everybody out there staying safe. I know I've been doing my best for me, my family, my son. We all in the same boat, man. So I just hope that everybody that's listening to this right now, y'all are being safe. If you have COVID-19 or know anybody that has it or you've been affected by it personally, whether it be a family member or anybody else, I hope everybody is okay. I'm praying for you and keeping everybody well wishes. I just keep everybody in my prayers, man. I just hope everybody's good out there and we're just doing what we can during this trying time for all of us. That actually is what I want to talk about today is COVID-19, coronavirus, the Rona, whatever you want to call it. So I want to talk about that, just like my thoughts. I've been observing the processes that have happened ever since this pandemic really hit like America. This has been hitting other countries before it hit America, but I live here in America, so it's a little... It's at my it's at my front de- it's at my front door, you know. That's the age old saying that people really don't care about a situation until it comes to their doorstep, until it's like you know, at their front. That's when they care about something. So, um, let's just go ahead and get into it. My thoughts on the virus itself, like what it is, the amalgamation of viruses or the combination of viruses that it is. And how rapidly it's spreading. It's wild. It really is wild. I was blindsided just like everybody else. You don't really know what to expect. You don't really know what to to think at a time when something is spreading so rapidly. Whether it be through water droplets, coughing, sneezing even talking closely to somebody, uh, something that spreads that rapidly, you're just like, whoa. You just want to take as many precautions as possible. But obviously with that come rumors. Is it it a bioweapon? Is it something to eradicate a specific sect of people or ethnicity or race or whatever? I've heard about all those. I've heard everything from this is, or I read it rather, this is a um, response from China because of the whole NBA issue that they had at the beginning of the year, it's a bio weapon or whatever, or that it's another ploy or another step with trying to eradicate minorities or whatever. It's, it's, it's just, it's a bunch of, a bunch of, a bunch. So, um, or did like, or like the specific origin of like somebody eating a bat in China and being like patient zero for this. When I know that I've watched videos on YouTube of different cuisines around the world and people have been eating bats in Asian speaking countries, in Asian countries for a while. So all of a sudden, I'm just kind of just not going to let it hold water, hold weight. But specifically what I wanted to talk about, a multitude of things, actually, um, is our our response here in America? I know 
everywhere around the world. They're dealing with it in the best way they possibly can. So shout outs and thank you for all the healthcare professionals, not only here in America, not only here in North Carolina, specifically that of Charlotte, but all over the world, all over the states, in Canada, in Europe, in Africa, in Asia, in, in Russia, in Italy, in Singapore, in China, in, in Thailand. Shout out to everybody in South America, in Brazil, in Argentina, in, in Port, and just everywhere everywhere. I just really want to say thank you to each and every one of the healthcare professionals, the nurses, logistics managers, doctors, anybody who's assisting with this. I just want to say thank you. Y'all are doing a tremendous job and we really, really appreciate it. Now we're really seeing um, what you guys help with outside of just the emergency room visits or anything like that that people may go to or frequent the hospital or doctors for. But um, when I started paying attention to America's response, it really just came from like the West Coast. It's like the state of the state of Washington, Oregon, and then like California. And then New York just kind of like blew up out of nowhere. So there were a lot of restrictions that were coming down. You had the you had counties or cities coming down first and then the states from the governors and the um, from those respective states. But and my honest opinion Across the board, for as a country, I mean, we didn't prepare the way that we needed to. It's now coming out, or has recently come out, that doctors have actually been pre- predicting this since about, about January of this year. Here we are in April, and we're still feeling the brunt of it. That's three months ago. Now, we, I mean, of course, we can talk about how the pandemic prevention committee or whatever committee was actually in the white house that was disbanded, liquidated because a businessman is running your country. And if a business is not using assets and they're just sitting around, it is way it's wasting money. I mean, that's the perspective that he has. So that's who we voted in. So, I mean, I'm not going to talk at length about that. If you, Vote somebody who knows how to run a business a particular way. That may not always translate to other areas. I'm just going to be honest. If I'm a, I don't know, a public speaker, but someone may need, in this instance, like medical attention, but my profession is public speaking. I don't have that practice, nor do I have the knowledge of how to actually do but that's neither here nor there so it's been more of the same from trump berating journalists that blame him for disbanding that committee or even quote him his own quotes saying exactly what he either tweeted or he said in an actual press conference and he's refuting it and saying, I didn't say that, or that's a very nasty question or accusing them of being a fake. That's why your network is fake news. This is nothing more but the same. It's nothing more the same. It's, it's tiring. It's, it's daunting. It's annoying to be completely honest. We can, we can either be who we are, which is, you are berating people where you're going to do what? You're going to try and change the situation. 
misrepresenting the reality of the situation. I know that a couple of months ago or a couple of weeks ago, he actually stated that, that he believes the number is like less than 1% or less than 2%. Just, just giving out false information when medical professionals are actually coming out of here, coming out here and actually giving us the facts as to what the trajectory would be for the country based off the, um, based off the trajectory and the numbers that are coming in from the countries around. I mean, he said that the pandemic will be dealt with swiftly. It's three months in. I've been working from home for about five, going on six weeks. That doesn't seem swift. I'm not an essential worker, so. But we'll get we'll get to the whole work and work from home instance and people who can and people who can't. Um, and then also, one thing that really stuck out to me was the U.S. Postal Service will actually run out of money and go out of business at September of this year in 2020 unless they get a bailout. And the White House, and I can't specifically say if it was um, Trump or not, came out and said no to the proposed Senate bill that included language that would actually bail out the U.S. Postal Service. I think it's like 64 million or 65 million or billion, if I'm not mistaken, to keep those people in, um, employed. But this is moving towards privatized mailing service. You can make more money if you have a capitalistic, capitalistic system that allows postal services or mail delivering services to compete with one another. This is America, baby. So this is, of course, what they want. They want competition amongst others opposed to just having just, I guess, um, how can I say this? Um, services that are just given to you just because you're a citizen or you're a human being that lives here in America. But that's neither here nor there. Um, and then the retweets from the president, of from other people. I know the call to fire Dr. Fossey that actually was just re- um, it was repeated yesterday um, in Michigan when they were saying fire Dr. Fossey, fire Dr. Fossey, and that the coronavirus is a ploy. It's a it's it's fake, and we will not be taken from this and forced to adopt communism or forced to adopt socialism. This isn't about communism and socialism. This is about life. It really is. People are dying at an alarming rate. Now, of course, you can look and see like, oh, the same amount of people die from the flu or or something else that may be more common. It's just that this, at this particular time, this is the new thing. So what are we actually doing? What are, what do we think? What do we feel? How can we react to this? I think the, the issue is the fact that it's spreading so rapidly. So there's no way you can really contain it unless you take extreme measures, which in my opinion, reflect martial law. Or some semblance of that or some some echo of what martial law may be where you have law enforcement, if not the National Guard, come through and force Americans to feel as if their liberties are being infringed upon in efforts to actually secure a situation. Do I agree with it? 
to a degree I do. I for one don't want people to die. I, I've said that plenty of times in the different episodes you guys have listened, or maybe this is your first time listening. Thank you for listening nonetheless. But I don't believe that anybody should be put in a situation where they don't feel comfortable. I don't feel like people should live in fear of themselves, their government, or a pandemic that they aren't being taken of by said government. And then as far as the the pandemic itself, forcing people like myself, white-collar workers, to work from home if you have that capability, this is showing, or should be, at least for me, I've had a lot of time to think. You guys have had a lot of time to think. We might be scrolling through our Twitter feeds or our Instagram feeds, or we might be reading or might be playing games or, or whatever, working out from home. But I think that this time also allows us a lot of time for introspection and retrospection, but also just looking outward, the people who are still out there working, like you're sanitizing, they're sanitizing or sanitization workers for your, your trash and your recycling pickup. The labor workers, if you live in a condominium complex or an apartment complex or any type of public setting or public building like that, a multiple dwelling unit, you have your labor workers, your landscapers, these fields that predominantly are minority, minority workers. I have the opportunity to work from home. Some other people don't. I'm thinking about the furloughed employees for restaurants or machine work, warehouses. Delivery drivers that aren't deemed essential. Retail workers. The hourly worker. Because, yeah, I might be able to work from home. But what about those that can't? Yeah, I'm getting my paycheck. We all got the stimulus check or whatever like that if you were up under a particular amount of money, which we're talking about in a minute. But what about the people that still are putting themselves at risk because they can't work from home? So I think about all of those things. And I think about the healthcare workers who have to work even more strenuous hours than they already were working. I'm thinking about a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine. She works for the hospital here. She was already pulling 10 to 12 hour shifts with a new role, a directorial role um, at her job, which I'm extremely proud of for her. And now she's pulling 14, 16 hour days sometimes. I mean, I very much so appreciate her and those like her. But those people who are on the front lines delivering the mass for the National Guard to and from certain areas, then what? What do we do for these people outside just saying thank you? What can you give to them? But also while we're thinking about them and giving thanks to them, How can we think about our plan for the future and what we're going to do if and when a certain circumstance or situation comes up like this again so people won't have to be outside of of work? The unemployment rate is sky high right now. So if that's the case, unemployment's at a sky high. 
people were working around the clock and we weren't prepared, then how do we prepare? Do we trust in the people that are in the in, in at, at, at the top? Do we trust in them? Do we think about what they may believe or what they may think or where they can be bought to believe? I'm not trying to sow seeds of, you know, trying to disavow your government or anything like that. Definitely don't want to do that. But, I mean, you just got to think. We have enough time to do so now. Think. Think if you were put in those situations, how would you feel? If you are in that situation, how do you actually feel? And how do you want to feel so you don't feel this again? The real question I'm asking is where do we go from here as a society, globally? Obviously, I can talk about here in America or here in North Carolina or just in a local community, in your, in your, in your city, or in your county, on your street, in your cul-de-sac, wherever, in your family. But where do we go from here as a species, as a global family? Here in America, I want to know if we'll actually prioritize the elderly and the minorities that may not have the health care or health care coverage to be able to prevent something like this or at least get the testing for it. Will we have anything or, or, or gain anything eventually that will be able to help our elderly? Will we continue to push our elderly aside and not care about them? Like, oh yeah, you put your you put your time in, now you're over 60, 55, 60, 70 years old. Get out of my way, you old hack. Is that how we'll believe? Is that how we'll like do our elders? Is that how we'll treat them? I just want to know, like, will we continue the selfishness? Or we, or will we care for those who are around us? Because after this is lifted, I'm just going to be completely honest. I want to go back to Portland this year. Shout out to everybody out in PDX. But I want to go back to Portland this year. I haven't been in over a year. I would love to travel. I would love to go back out, see my friends, hang out with my family, take my sons to the park, I mean, our son to the park and everything like that. But is it practical to just go out here and just be like, and I don't want to pick on a kid or get this, maybe it's a tired example or whatever, but after the rain is over, a terrible thunderstorm happens and you're that kid that just wants to, just wants to go outside. You've been stuck inside all day or for two days or whatever, and you just run outside. You step in the mud, you slip and fall, whatever, because you didn't give it time for that water to evaporate, for that water to be soaked up into the soil and then for it to go back to dirt. Are we going to be overzealous and and, and 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 because we're sitting on our on our hands right now, we're just becoming over and just anxious to get out there. We saw that with China. They got they got everything, you know, under control. Open it back up immediately. Numbers start going back up. States here in America, Florida specifically took the longest time to actually do a stay-at-home order and was one of the first, if not the first, state to open things back up. The beaches, for that fact. 
How ridiculous. We had to practice social distancing of six feet or more between one another, but we're going to go ahead and let you get your tan on on Miami Beach, on Orlando Beach, wherever. Go ahead. Where are thousands, hundreds of thousands of people congregating in beaches during the summer here in America? And that is exactly what was fine with being opened back up. But I'm not a politician, you know, I'm just someone who has common sense, or at least I think. So, yeah, you think about that. And then the disenfranchised, those who don't have health care, the coal miner who didn't have health care but retired with a pension, but that pension's running out, the minority who is a single parent, has multiple children, or maybe just the one. But they can't afford food and healthcare. The work from home opportunities that aren't given to some because they don't qualify for these white collar jobs or because the hiring managers or the people who are doing the hiring don't deem them a part of the look that they're going for. Damn the qualifications. What if they do? What if they don't? Who cares? Are the opportunities going to be there? Because I know there are a ton of call centers here in America. It doesn't take much to be able to pick up a phone because people do it all the time. Ten-year-olds do it. So I don't know exactly if those opportunities will actually be given to the disenfranchised or the minorities in the future, but I would hope so. Because if and when a situation like this comes back up, it doesn't bode well for America to have this many people unemployed. And if you can keep them employed by having these jobs that, yes, it's going to pay them more. So you're not making as much money as a business. But the economy in the country won't be shut down or might not be. I guess there's a there's a part of me that actually is like, I guess, not a hopeless romantic, but I I try to see the silver lining in certain things like hopefully this will bring us together. Or closer, or will it? And that's the that's the that's the realistic part. That my 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 realistic approach to a lot of different things. Like, will it actually? Will it actually change anything? Will the stores continue to practice the protocols that are already being put in place by the governors, by the states, by the by the heads of states? Will they continue to prioritize sanitization in their stores? Because grocery stores, bulk stores like Costco or BJ's or, or Sam's Club, around the clock, you got people taking necessary precautions with the face shields, wiping everything down, going around, spraying everything down. Will that continue? Will you prioritize your health? Or will you just pick something up and put it back down? Unknowing. To what may actually have been on that, what germs you could have, you know, could have taken up and taken home with you and taken the people that you care about or people that you don't care about. Will this move us towards more delivery and takeout for our food sources or, or quick in and out? I'm just going to be honest with me. I, I've rolled, 
past a lot of the restaurant restaurants that I actually frequent, and it kind of sucks not seeing them open or be able to like go and sit down in them. I was talking to my mom this past weekend about a buffet that we used to go to um, last year or two years ago, and I was like, man, places like this, whew, it, it really sucks. I mean, it sucks for everybody that is out of work or, or, or has to file for unemployment, but when I think about the places that I've been and the cashiers, the waiters or waitresses, the managers of these places, I'm just like, wow, that sucks, man. I mean, Kabuto like, is weekends only now. That's wild to me for a place that people would constantly put on their Snapchat or Twitter feed or Instagram or anything like that every time they do the onion pyramid with the fire where you're tossing veggies into people's mouths. It's now only limited to three days business. That stimulus check is looking real good, but what if that was just one check that you would normally get during a month? Will we move towards like more streaming and, and less? Because I'm a movie goer. I mean, I love movies. I actually have an episode that I want to record that I've been putting on for a little while about movies like Harriet Tubman, Queen of Slim that I saw before the new year. I've mentioned it before. And then the upcoming movies that I actually wanted to see, but everything is being pushed back now. So somebody like myself, who's a frequent movie goer, I have to think myself, like, do I actually want to go to these places? Do I want to go to the movies? Or is it going to be a resurgence of drive-in movies to keep, to, to try and have, be a medium between keeping the social distancing, but also being allowed, like letting these businesses put out their films and put out their artwork that they put these millions of dollars in that they're trying to make money off of? What's actually going to happen with that? And I'm sorry, I'm, I'm speaking a lot with a lot of, uh, rhetorical questions and just like bouncing everything off. But this is really what I've been able to think about and, and question and just, just really want to be like, okay, well, how, how am I going to move? I mean, of course, us as a global community, we, this is all going to come from a multitude of individuals making a like-minded decision, the heads of state all being on one accord or not. But you can still make a choice as to how you want to move afterwards. Are you going to live fearlessly, as you should, but are you going to be slightly cautious of what could possibly happen? Will the minimal contact or minimal human contact persist? And will online shopping replace malls? The places where we used to take families, have bungee cord little kiosks for children are those stupid, in my opinion, drones that every child always wants to look at, those light-up shoes or anything like that, anything that would be an annoyance to some and, and, and a light bulb business idea to somebody else. Will business, will, will malls even exist? Because that's a lot, that's a lot of people that are in malls usually. Especially on the weekend. So what then? Like Simon, like the like the businesses like Simon who own a lot of the malls, 
what now? Because those places are like graveyards, similar to that what we see in like post-apocalyptic movies, where people are congregating, like 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 um, Dawn of the Dead or Shaun of the Dead, I believe. I can't even remember which one it was. But they're in the mall, and it's just like hardly anybody there. How are businesses going to actually approach running their business? My mom works in mortgage, and, and she's been in home. She's She's been working from home for actually a while, but they've been working from home for about five or six weeks now. And this has been the best five or six weeks that their company has had in their company history. So will that move the trend more to being able to allow people to work from home? I, for one, believe that it's actually going to be beneficial for certain businesses because your overhead is going to be a lot, like a lot less than what it is. You won't have to pay for a huge floor on a, on a corporate building. Your, your leasing payment per month won't be nearly as obscene as it would be. All you have to do is trust, but I don't know a lot of businesses that actually want to trust their employees instead of micromanaging. So how are the business models going to be? A restaurant that's actually succeeding with having less people on their roster because they're furloughed and they're doing a lot of takeout menu or takeout takeout orders right now, are they going to hire those people back on? Like, how is that actually going to work? For social venues, breweries, distilleries, parks, just random places that people just normally congregate, bars, clubs. What's going to happen with those? I'm not trying to catch no twerk if I'm trying to get the Rona. If I'm not trying to get the Rona, it's going to be honest. I don't know if somebody's going to be willing to accept a drink from somebody else if they've been sweating and that sweat. Is being passed on that drink. Nobody wants to catch it at all. So restaurants, banks, like I said, if the bank is succeed if the if the restaurant is succeeding with the to-go orders or not having dine-in and it's just a drive-through or curbside, then what? Is that going to be the new business mold, new business model, the new business mold? Is that what you're going to do? You're going to hire a few workers, have no more than three managers, maybe including the general manager on the roster, and pay them more, but it's going to be less people on the roster. So you're making more money as a business, and you're not losing money as a franchise. These are the things I've been work, I've been thinking about. I'm, I apologize if, like I said, if it's just all over the place. These are things I've been thinking about. And wearing masks. I guess I got a really dope mask. It's got Baby Yoda on it. Baby Yoda's just perfect. I mean, Baby Yoda's like one of the cutest babies I've ever seen. That's including human babies. But will that be the norm of people wearing the mask? This was a trend for tech fit. Last year and the year before, people who wore tech fit that was similar to the attire that's being worn in the War Dogs game. If you guys want to know what tech fit is, just look at Nike tech fit, not tech fleece, but tech fit like your ACG stuff or anything like that. It's probably going to be, I mean, no, no disrespect, but the Asian people kill tech fits. 
They got the baseball caps, the masks, the 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 one strap backpacks. Like they about to hack into a supercomputer. It's 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 bomb. But is that going to be the norm? But also, I mentioned it before for minorities and elderly, whether you have health care, can't afford it, or you just don't have it. Is this actually going to make us move towards some semblance or, or something similar to a universal health care system or something being adopted to where people can be covered for X, whatever that one factor may be, or one condition or whatever? across the board be able to be covered so therefore if and when another situation occurs like this will we be able to help people or the will the numbers continue to just pile up a really close friend of mine alex the great he has a friend who lost his grandmother to covid-19 my sister one of her friends, a very close friend of hers, lost her father to COVID-19. I have not been affected personally. Thank God I've been blessed. But you may not have been. Somebody that you know may not have been. But if the opportunity was there for them to get the treatment that they needed, could they? Should they? Would they? And I actually had a like a uh, mm, ah, gosh, I can't even remember how many months it was. It was a few months that I was having a debate or or a discussion with a former coworker of mine. His name is Justin, and he actually brought up the point of like healthcare is actually a privilege. He's a Republican. He's white. He's middle aged. I mean, none of that is necessary, but if you wanted to paint the picture, there you go. I just gave you your palette, but he's a nice guy. I mean, he's a, prog- I mean, he's a progressive guy with certain things, but when he mentioned that, when he said that, like, this is the best country, and in certain regards, it is, but in other regards, it falls short. If you can't criticize your country... Or you can't criticize yourself, then you've lost sight. If you can't take criticism and try and use it to be constructive, and instead want to destroy whoever you're criticizing, who's ever criticizing, that's that. That's the problem. Take it. We try and move on. But he brought up that point, and I was just like, "Yo," I was like, "Bro, you're tripping." Like that makes no sense whatsoever, man. It's a privilege. I want to ask each and every one of y'all, and I don't, I don't know if Justin is listening right now or not, but is it a privilege now? You still see that, that, that it needs to be a privilege. The people who think that this is a ploy or a hoax, who want to fire Dr. Fauci, one of the leading doctors and and researchers of this entire pandemic dude should we fire the health directors for the cities as well 
Is that the is that the is that the end all be all? Is that the solution? Will COVID nineteen go away if we fire somebody? That's a legitimate question. Because if you answer that question with a yes, then I, I'm I'm sorry, but you're an idiot. Like I said, I don't want anybody to die. If you break your leg or break your arm in whatever accident, I don't think that you should have to fit a bill for ten, twenty thousand dollars a year or twenty thousand dollars or whatever because you can't afford it. If you don't have health care or whatever, or if your copay is or whatever it is, and then you have to fit this bill, get on this payment plan, and be in debt just because you went and got treated. There have been plenty of people that don't go to the doctor because they don't want to fit the bill, so they're risking their actual health and they'll possibly die because of it. Should people live in that fear? My grandmother's words were this. I'm a Southern Baptist, raised not Southern Baptist anymore, but my grandmother and my grandfather were pastors. Grandmother was a Sunday school teacher for over 20 years. And she said, Lavorzier. And I'm going to tell you what my mom said as well. But my, my grandmother said, Lavorzier, that's my real name, V. This is God's way of telling us to calm down, settle down, slow down, and look around. This is forcing us to be put in a situation where we can't divide ourselves by race. We can't look at the exterior. We can't judge one another based off of our paycheck or what we drive because we're not driving. We're not even seeing each other. This is affecting each and every ethnicity. This is affecting each and every age demographic, each and every gender. Whether you identify with it or not, this is an opportunity for us to look at who we actually are and who is around us. And giving us an opportunity to value what we're looking at. My mother told me the words where she said, this is actually, for people like her, she's like, this isn't too different. She said, because I was raised this way. Not with the mask or any gloves or anything like that. Now, this wasn't a bubble boy situation. Shout out to everybody who got that reference for that movie. But you only leave your house for the essentials. You only leave your neighborhood for the essentials. If you have to go to the store, you get what you need and you leave. You didn't just walk around and people watch back in the day. You didn't go back and, and, and window shop for countless hours, wasting time, wasting energy. You wouldn't got what you needed. You every ever so often, you would be able to indulge in those activities, but not frequently. The social gathering was at someone's house, their backyard, a cookout, a fish fry. Dinner, block party, 
someone's birthday party, a celebration of someone's promotion or retirement. But she said, now we're just being, we're just going back. We know that fads, trends, hairstyles, like I said, fads and trends, like fashion trends, come back. Honestly, this is another way that a trend has come back. Because this was the way of life for generations before me me and my peers as millennials. This is how people lived. You knew your neighbors and you saw your neighbors. Outside of that, you see a few random strangers. But outside of school, you might not see anybody. Except for the people that are in your neighborhood. What I think will happen is that this will have election implications for Biden and for for Trump. Trump just gave out those stimulus checks I mentioned a little bit earlier. $1,200 or $2,400 if you make up on a certain amount, you're a couple. Okay. That's giving the people who wanted the $1,000 stipend or allowance every month that wanted to vote for Andrew Yang last year. He wanted to be the presidential nominee for the Democratic uh, the Democratic nominee for president. It's giving them something more to stand on because now you know that the government can actually give out this money because you can do it in a stimulus. Drastically different than giving out an allowance to everybody, but it can be done. Money can be given back outside of tax time. But if you don't make, if you make over like $100,000, $150,000 a year, you don't get shit. So what is, what base or what legs do it, does it really have to stand on? Because you have to make under a particular amount of money. So I want to see what Joe is going to say. If he has anything to say. Also... This mostly affects the elderly. Both Trump and Joe Biden are considered elderly. So will this continue that trend of people wondering why you have to be so senior to them to be the leader of your country? Because if something like this were to happen again, And God forbid a head of state were affected by something. Obviously, they would recover quickly rather than someone else. But that's still not a good look. I think that it will we'll have closer relationships with our families and our friends. But how we see... Athletes, as as some people, not not we, but some people see athletes as like a court jester. I paid money, so I want you to do whatever you need to do to entertain me. I think something like that will be adopted in the minds of many because they don't want to catch something. I don't know who you are. I, I didn't talk to you every day. I, you look different than me. Your mask looks weird. Or I don't like how you look behind the mask. I'm, 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 I feel offended or I feel afraid. I don't want to forge a relationship with you. You are not human to me. 
you could possibly be the infection that ends my life. So I don't know if new relationships will really be forged. I think I applaud all of the efforts, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman, um, all all the monies is being raised, like from Trevor Noah's show, the Daily Social Distancing show now. But I don't think that it's going to get better. I'm a Disney Plus subscriber. I'm a Netflix subscriber. I got Hulu as well. Onward, a movie about mythical creatures and family, was slated for release before this happened, as was Black Widow. I was excited for both of those films, as was Bond 25 and a few other films this year. Will this move towards streaming? Straight to a digital release for a specific amount of time. These companies like Lionsgate and I mean Disney Plus already Disney already has theirs, but like your Lionsgate or your Bad Robot or any of your filming companies, will they set up their own streaming services or will they set up contracts with the stars or an HBO to release their films? Or sell their films on. So do your digital releases and then will you release a film on there and just watch the new Bond film on HBO? Like how will that actually work? I'm going to do this. I'm going to say this is actually my last point. Somebody told it told me it when this first started. He's up in New Jersey. His wife is actually a um, federal employee. No insight, no insight, of course. But he said it, and I truly believe it. The world as we know it has changed, and it will never be the same again. How we approach life. How we move after this is lifted, if it's lifted anytime soon. If it's lifted and then it comes back when the temperature goes down to a particular time, or if this replaces the common flu, we'll never move the same again. I just really hope and pray that we take this for what it is. And it's showing us our mortality. That's how I see it. It's very daunting to hear, I'm sure. It's very, it's even more daunting to say. But this has shown me our mortality even more than I already knew it. That anybody anywhere can get it. This is pretty much the protagonist in a film that we saw as invincible in the third act, getting their ass wolfed. I mean, so much so to where it's hard to watch. I actually just watched um, Logan 
again. And it was hard to watch. No spoilers to the movie. Or actually, no, I forget it. Spoilers. I mean, if you haven't seen Logan by now, go watch it. It's a fantastic film. I know it's based off of X-Men or whatever like that, but it's so much more than that. It's a, it's a film about, about family, about reaching your mortality and, and realizing it. And actually someone else forcing you to, to, to realize it. But when, but when Wolverine or Logan is just getting shredded, I mean, just uh, dismantled, really. It's hard to watch. It was really hard to watch. I was like, wow, somebody who's just running through pack and crews and, and battalions of soldiers is really just getting worked right now. That is the point where I think humanity is at. This is, I mean, this is going to be a small drop in the bucket. Will we get over this? I believe that we will. But I don't, I don't have much faith in if we'll change our approach before another pandemic or cataclysmic type of event has to happen again for us to get another wake up call. I hope everybody's staying safe out there. Take every necessary precaution that you can. Don't hoard. Please don't. If you can help out, please do. I've been delivering some groceries, doing what I can for people that I know, especially those who are elderly, both men and women. Do your part to help those that you you can. Take your necessary precautions, but those who really, really need it, Try and help them, please. Once again, big ups and shout outs to all the healthcare workers. Thank you very much for everything that you're doing. As always, I'm V. I love each and every one of you, and I hope each and every one of you all stay safe. I pray for each and every one of you. All right. This is Talk Your Truth. You all have been great. I've been V, and I'm out. Peace.